All right, we had Washington State lose to UCLA. That was kind of like a Pac-12 pretender to the title eliminator. And we had Arizona, second week in a row, kind of unveiling that like all DBs defense, which I think will be what Washington and what USC face the rest of the way, I would figure. We're going to talk about all that and more in this week's eligible receivers. He's Eric. I'm Warren. Let's start the show. Hello, blog fans. Well, you work all week on trying to identify who the eligible receivers are. This is Eligible Receivers, the show where we review last week's action, pick this week's games against the spread, and keep track of how we're doing on our picks over the course of the season. And let's start off with the earliest game. It was like, I mean, really an absolute garbage slate in the Pac-12 last weekend. Started off, if, when you have a Pac-12 network triple header, you know, times is rough. Uh, we started off, I believe, with Washington State-UCLA, which was the best game of the day, and ended up being a relatively close game, but I've, I kind of always figure, like, UCLA is like... For whatever reason, it's certainly not because they have a good home atmosphere. They're just kind of tough to beat at their place for some reason. Yeah, it's a weird game if you're the Cougs. They were, you know, Cam Ward kind of regressed. Last year I made fun of him a lot because he didn't really throw the ball down the field. And this, you know, in this game, he, he sort of had that problem again. Um, and, yeah, UCLA, yeah, their defense looked really good. I don't know what else to say. They, they – they haven't looked particularly dominant or, or, you know, I mean, they just kind of look like Chip Kelly's sort of, I mean, Chip Kelly's like second and third acts as a head coach in college football and basically just been as this like a mediocre, like, you know, nondescript coach um, after, you know, after his dominance at Oregon. Um, but, uh, and, and when he was dominant, it certainly wasn't because he was known for being, you know, a great defensive guy. Uh, but this UCLA team does look really good on defense and did look really good on Saturday in shutting down the Cougs. Yeah, I mean, this was, I think, exactly as you said, this was the first, like, kind of box score you look at of Cam Wards, and you're like, well, this isn't... Yeah, I mean, he was like a fringe Heisman contender up to this, like throwing for 400 yards a week, and then this week it's like, uh, that's that's the guy I saw last year. That's, that's over with now. <laughs> yep. Well, what a ride. Um, next up, let's do... I think we save Arizona. Let's just do Oregon State and Cal. Oregon State hanging around the poles. There was a thought they might do something better. They did have the nice win against Iowa. But, you know, Cal, they don't know what quarterback they're playing with. It's like Jade Notcha. Was it Sam Jackson or the other guy in this game? I swear to God, I think it was a different guy. Yeah, like neither of those. No, I think it was a different guy. Um, let's, I don't have the box score. but I, I, It was just a beef show. You're dead right it was. Fernando Mendoza. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it, was, it was legitimately a third guy that we didn't know existed until last week. Unbelievable. And I'll tell you what, yeah. you know, they put up 42 points on Oregon State. Oregon State, whose defense last year was a real calling card. This year, we shall see <laughs> because the Cougs really put it on them. Yeah, that was the surprise for me was was that Cal, I mean, put up 40 points. I mean, then I guess it's also a surprise that Oregon State was able to put up 52. They're not – their offense hasn't been that great. But, um, you know, I mean, I, all things considered, if you're OSU – you know, if you're Oregon State, you you went on the road, you covered up the spread. There was a nine-and-a-half point spread. They, they beat that. Um, Cal, you know, they're playing this guy quarterback that you and I didn't even know 
was alive until last week. Um, great. You know, I mean, I, I wouldn't complain about this if I was Oregon State. Cal, for, you know, for whatever reason, Cal just ex- continues to exist in the Pac-12. And then next year they'll be in the ACC. That's, that's pretty just much all you Just flummoxing the people there. Just, just being very bad at football. Yeah. All right. Uh, next up we had Colorado and Arizona State. Here's Colorado. They were like fresh off of back-to-back shellackings at the hands. of. Well, I guess, you know what? USC ended up being close at the end, but it was kind of false. But like Oregon absolutely killed them. Uh, and so Colorado was looking to get back to their winning ways. And they did not, uh, not overwhelming, I would say, but a win's a win's a win's a win. Yeah, I mean, it was a four-point spread. They won by three, so it's not like that was too far off, right? I mean, Vegas pretty much had it correct. Um, They won the game. After the game, Shador Sanders ran over to the ASU student section and showed them his watch, which apparently is like some $800,000 watch that he has for some reason. Um, Endearing, certainly. That's what everybody wants to see. Everybody wants to see your $800,000. When I see a guy like that, I know. I don't even like I, I don't know if I'm getting soft or what, but I'm just kinda like, yeah, it's fine, whatever. Like he's got this watch. I mean he's Deion Sanders kid. Of course he's got a like expensive watch, you know? Like Deion Sanders is like I mean he's Deion Sanders. You can't like what do you expect? Him not to have an expensive watch? Um so that's you know, it is what it is. He's standing on the field showing it off to him. They beat, you know, a pretty terrible team that has a thirty two year old head coach arguably not really even trying to compete in, you know, power five football. They're, uh, they're tanking for the best high school player. I mean, how can you argue otherwise? <laughs> if you look at what the, at the, the combination of humanity that they're running out there, it's difficult to believe that they're trying very hard, um, but you got them. So show, show the student section, your watch and uh, you know, and then you have to fly back to Colorado and they still live in Tempe, Arizona. So that's how that goes. Yeah. I've, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That watch thing is, I'll tell you what. <laughs> I was just like, I mean, I'm just like, man, you're not even like, like, even if he wasn't a college quarterback or whatever, like, he could still probably have that watch because he's Deion Sanders' kid, you know? Like, Deion Sanders has, like, had a shoe before it was cool. Like, you know, I mean, like, back when it was, like, pretty much only MJ had a shoe, like, Deion Sanders had a shoe. They were like, all right, you like, play two sports. You should have a shoe, sir. So, I mean, like, of course, like, his son's going to have a watch. He, like, yeah, I don't know. It's just kind of like, I, I'm just not sure what he's trying to convey by the message, but I wasn't as offended by it as I thought, thought I might be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to pretend like I'm mad about it. You know what I mean? But I'm not like, that's like, you know, impressive. You're not impressed. You're not impressed is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, last game, uh, Arizona and USC. USC goes. Was this their? Were they at home for this game? They certainly were. They were at home for this game. Noah Fafita, uh, I mean, had a monster. This ended up being a huge game. Arizona for the second week in a row, they're going against a really prolific passing a game, and they're like, we're we're playing seven and eight defensive backs. Deal with it. And I thought going into last week that USC would be better prepared to uh, punish them on the ground for doing that. That didn't end up being the case. Caleb Williams, by a mile, his most pedestrian line of the season, uh, he's far worse than Michael Penix did against the same defense. Um, And this thing ends up going into overtime. 
And uh, USC ends up winning it in overtime on an Arizona had a failed two-point conversion after their uh, second touchdown. But what really gets me going... Oh, you know what was weird about this, actually? Is that uh, they had... For these... So they did one drive... So they did two overtimes, regular, and then after they tied in the first two overtimes, they just tri- each team did a two point play. Did you see that? Is that how it's supposed to work? Apparently, I mean nobody complained about it, so apparently that's the rule now. But they were like, "All right, <laughs> we're doing this thing on the two yard line <laughs> over and over until you guys figure it out." But we're not going to go through this twenty five yard process. And they figured it out in one play. Yeah. But, you know, this is the – what was I talking about when uh, uh, Colorado State had the opportunity to beat Colorado as a road underdog, you know? Yeah. Like Arizona scored second in the first overtime, and they did not go for two. What are we doing? I agree with you. That's that's on them. USC is undefeated at this point, a top – 10 team. I think they're still ranked the top 10. They've yeah. been winning and falling and going backwards in the poll last couple of weeks because they're not winning in impressive enough fashion. Um, not the Lincoln Riley like, way, I would say. Alex Grinch, as a defensive coordinator, Alex Grinch is in danger of being fired without having actually lost a game, um, which is moderately amusing. Um, but it's also like you can kind of see it, right? Like their defense sucks. Like they, they got absolutely torched by – Noah Fafita, who is apparently listed at like 5'11", but is like actually 5'9". Like, you don't want that guy coming into the Coliseum and like, you know, having a monster game against your defense. If you're tra- if you're trying to convince people you're a legitimate D coordinator and you get you know, like, you know, all the recruits that you're ever going to want on your defense, like, you probably should do better than, than what Alex Grinch is putting out there right now. Yeah, I mean, and then Noah Fafita, I mean, frankly, he's played well enough the last two weeks that when Jaden Delore is healthy, we got a legitimate problem down here in Tucson. Nope, nope. Jed Fish said he's starting. Delora's going back as the starter. No, no, no. no, Delora. Because they're going back back to WSC this week. I mean, we'll talk about it in a minute. But they're going back up to to Delora's old stomping grounds at the the Palouse. And Fish had said if if Delora's good to go, he's the starter. Remarkable. All right. So that, I mean, that was it, right? There was just four games. That's it. That's all there is. Uh, you did bad. Uh, Worm did bad. Adam did bad. And uh, me, um, Kellen, and Josh did uh, neutral. And then Tubby did good. So he went three and one. The three of us went two and two. And you, Worm, and Adam went one and three. So we did, you know, not great. But. Tell goes, you still got a nice well, you got a nice cushion on me and others. You're one act you're one game behind Tubby right now, so you're gonna to want to fix that. Um I'm going to. I'm gonna fix it now. I felt myself getting cute last week. And it's time to just button down, get back to first principles, like uh an originalist justice. Yeah, you did, you went away from picking WC last week. That yeah. really cost you. Actually, it didn't. No, that that's what I thought. That, I think that was the only thing I got. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what did you do differently last week? Oh, you went against WCU. No, that was where you did good. Okay. I, yeah, I don't know. My problem was is I was like, oh, Colorado. Yeah, yeah. Big but you, but you love Colorado. All right. 
You love them too. I mean, there's there's nothing different there. You can you have a chance to pick Colorado right now. Colorado is a home team this coming week. They're hosting the woeful Stanford uh, Cardinal. Colorado's eleven and a half point uh, favorites in this game. Um, I've heard that this Travis Travis Hunter character might be returning. Not not a hundred percent that he's coming back, but he's like cleared to come back if Dion decides that he's in like good enough shape to play. Yeah, I mean, I'll take. <clears throat> I don't know how can I take the buffs, <laughs> but I'm going to. I regret it, but it's this is basically I'm picking against Stanford. I'm going to pick Stanford. I mean, they're coming off a bye, and all they have to do is lose by ten. And Colorado's not that good, so I think they, I think Stanford can lose by ten in this game. I'm going to take him. I'm going to I'm going to take him to do that. I like it. I think that's a good pick. All right, next up, let's go. California is traveling to Utah. The Utes are comfortable pay, favorites, but the Utes not been scoring a ton of points this year, so you can't love them as a double digit uh, favy. But that's what they are. Eleven and a half. Jim, I'm all. I'm all about this Fernando bandwagon, dude. Yeah, there's a guy on Cal's team that we like that just was good enough to come in and play quarterback. I mean, we were flummoxed about Cal's quarterback scenario for the last couple of weeks, and it turns out there's this guy who could come in and play at a level that was good enough to beat another Pac-10. Well, it only team. makes sense that Pac-12 if they were team. like, I love it, it. It appeared to be for a time that they were favoring the guy who was objectively worse than the other guy who had played and was good. That they would have a third guy who was better. Who was the best? Who was the best of them all? The best who was just not and that guy was just not even sniffing the field for the first half of the season. Yeah. <laughs> he wasn't even taking reps in practice. You know, like guy was just not involved. Um, I mean, that being said, Utah's going to win this game by oh yeah. a substantial margin. So, I don't know, I'm going back to Utah. All right, I'm off. I'm off the Fernando wagon. Who, who you got? Um, I'm I'm going to take Utah as well. It's impossible to pick Cal in this game. You just can't. There's no way. I agree with this. But I'll tell you what. I mean, they put up 40 twice. You want to go out to the Palouse next? Yeah, let's go out to the Palouse. Arizona. It's Jaden Delora who really talked a lot of garbage last week. Or last year, rather, before the Cougs. And then ended up uh, losing to them. Emphatically. In his new home. Yeah. He's eight point. Underdog going into the Palouse. WSU coming off their first loss of the year. They looked pretty pedestrian against UCLA's defense. Arizona's defense has looked good. Are we saying a bounce-back game for the Cougs here, or are we saying Arizona's defense keeps it within the number? We're bouncing all the way back, dude. First of all, we didn't like being undefeated on the Palouse. We, it, we were, it was a little bit too much to deal with. It's not our style. Yep. We don't like it. We like us at one loss a little bit. Let's get it back under the radar. Let's get it back out. You know, one of the last kind of getting towards the end of the decent weather days out there. Let's enjoy it. Um, yeah, got WSU uh, winning comfortably. I'm interested to see this Arizona defense. I mean, because, like, that was their deal back in the day. They, like, pioneered the three-three-five, which is kind of like a version of what they're doing, except instead of three linebackers, they're doing three defensive backs to go with the additional five defensive backs. Uh, <laughs> WSU has certainly been pass-happy uh, so far this season, so it would make sense for them to run a version of that out. Um, I'm interested. I'm interested I mean, to WCU's, see because it seems like I mean, even though he's lost both of these games, uh, the, frankly, they look far more competitive than I expected them to be. Yeah, no, absolutely. And WSU doesn't run the ball at all, so 
this eight defensive back scenario might work right out. Yeah. I'm going to take the Coons, though, as well. Big bounce back game for them. I think they got it. All righty. Uh, nothing to add to that. How about uh, USC and Notre Dame? This is your big nude Saturday game. Um, Caleb Williams, a chance to kind of atone for a – I mean, it's it's a gimmick defense, you know, at this point. Arizona had only run it out for the first time the week before against Washington, and it was just plainly designed to take away everything he was doing. Um, so what are you going to – what are you going to say? You know, so I'm, I'm, I'm willing to give them a pass on this. I think Notre Dame, like per usual, is overvalued for what they are, which is like, all right. You know, they're like a credible top 25 team, by which I mean 20 to 25 is the, what I'm getting from them. They're favored in this game. Well, they are the home team. Um, two and a half point favorites, which means on a neutral field, they think the USC is just a little better. Um Man, USC is begging for a loss. They're begging for they it. They are begging for a loss. I mean, they're they're. I mean, if Notre Dame should be able to get the points going. I got Sam Hartman. I'm gonna I'm gonna take Notre Dame. I, I just I don't see it. I don't see. I don't see SC. I mean, they just look so bad against Arizona. Yep. All right. Here's here's uh yeah okay. I'll I'll take USC in that one, and we'll see. That'll be a good one to be on opposite sides of. But yeah, I wouldn't be shocked at all. Uh, here's a good one. National TV Fox game, UCLA and Oregon State. This is like a, a good Pac-12 games because it's two teams that are ranked that you ought to watch. I don't particularly want to watch either of them. This is tough. Oregon State three and a half point favorites, but I wonder, am I? Would you be putting too much stock in UCLA's defense from what you saw last week by by you know jumping on them on that you know as as road dogs here, or do you just? Or do you think that Oregon State figured it out with their offensive explosion last week? I don't think Oregon State figured anything out offensively. I think that's a a mark against uh, the Bears, the Calabarias. Well, if that's true, then then Oregon State is in for a shock with UCLA's defense, which appears to be very good. Um, I mean, how many times have we said there's literally no reason it shouldn't be ever? So should always be great. Um, all right, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Chip Kelly and his mediocre ass coach, you know, second coaching career here. Yep, I'm gonna take. Uh, I'll get I'll get on the beads. All right, we're on the other side of like a bunch of these games. That's good. I know. It's we're gonna get right back to level because I'm out of sorts. <laughs> all right, um, who does that leave us with? Is that it? Do we pick them all? That leaves us. That leaves us with the game. These teams hate each other. They don't like each other, dude. I think that I think the players really don't care that much as as much as the Twitterverse. Um, the opposing uh, viewpoints on the Twitterverse do not like each other at all. Yeah, they're certainly not fans. You got Washington on the one side, more intelligent, better looking. Yeah, more more fun to root for. <laughs> more fun to root for. Better city. There's really like it's it's there's a lot of things going on in Washington's favor in this rivalry. It's it's really just if you look at the last fifteen years of actual football and basketball um, results, then, you, then you've got something. <laughs> Athletics, we'll say. Um, yeah. Then you've got something to talk about for Oregon. Yeah, I mean, what I'm hoping uh, for in this game is that these teams are too wildly evenly matched. I think Tony Castro tweeted something this week about like 
offensive categories where Washington and Oregon rank in the top five nationally this week, and it was a list of like legitimately fifteen things, like you know, to include, very good you know, like yard, yards and points. Neither of them have been particularly tested in terms of like playing quality opponents. I guess Oregon has the best opponent with its road game at Texas Tech. Washington's best game, best opponent is probably the road game at Arizona. Yeah. However complicated those are. Um, it, it, this is, there's so many subplots to this game. I mean, this is probably legitimately the biggest game of like your and I's like fandom, right? Like as UW fans, like there's not been a game. I mean, maybe the 2016 Stanford game that was this hyped though. I mean, that was a Friday night game. Um, yeah, I mean, we're talking about going back to, like, when we were actually in school when it was, like, the Miami and Michigan at home, like that. Well, I was thinking about that, but I don't think either of the – I don't think UW was ranked in the top ten in either of those games. I don't think those were two top ten matchups. Like, I, I don't – I I mean, in terms of the game themselves and the outcome, yeah, I mean, those games are very difficult to top. Um, but in terms of, like, sitting here today, two top ten teams going head-to-head – two Heisman candidate quarterbacks where like not just Heisman candidates because we say they're Heisman candidates, but like Heisman candidates in the sense that if you had the Heisman trophy presentation today, both of these dudes would be in New York unquestionably. Um, You know, the conference titles on the line, the playoff is, is out there. I mean, this is like, it's hard to overstate the importance and the, the gravity of this game. Game day is going to be there. The Coug fan base is going to be there. They're pissed off. The Oregon State fan base might show up in some faction. They're pissed off. Like, there's a lot going on in this game. <laughs> it's going to be super interesting. Yeah. I'm just imagining, you know, it'd be kind of like the the fight among the news teams in the Anchorman movie where, like, you know, a bunch of beavers and Cougs appear, like, at, you know, at, oh, yeah. like different libraries in Red Square. There's going to be some skirmishes, man. I, I don't, I don't want to project like large scale violence, but there's going to be skirmishes. Like the Coug fan base is going to show up to this game day, and they are pissed as hell at UW, and they are pissed as hell at game day, and they are pissed as hell at Oregon. This, this is going to be an ornery uh, in group of individuals who show up to this. Yeah, um, yeah, it's going to, and... it's going to be interesting. One thing uh, that has been kind of bugging me about, like, because I I actually fall on the Coug side of their little war of words with game day. It's like, to me, that, like, <laughs> this is going to sound wild, right? Because Pat McAfee obviously played college football, right? But then he went on to an NFL career and a media career. But the common fan has been in this the entire time. He's a tourist right now. And his job ought to be here in his second year to shut up and get the lay of the land and try and make nice and be respectful to people in my view. I yeah. I don't, I don't know. Really, I don't really know anybody who's come down on his side of this argument. He seems to be waging this war by himself. Which yeah. is you. And I don't know why for the life of me, why he chose to do that. Um, but I do know that I, I, I thought last week that they were going to do a segment on old crimson, the flag. And he was going to say he was sorry because they knew they were coming to Seattle and he was going to, you know, like they needed to be like, Hey, let's, let's like clean this up a little bit so that, you know, we don't end up with some violence on our, you know, in the background. They did, they chose not to do that. So so they're showing up 
having not really apologized for uh, them being pretty obviously in the wrong. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I, I think there's yeah. going to be some angry, angry Cougs. And that's and that's just the game day aspect of it. That doesn't account for how angry they are at UW, which is very angry. Um, and and, you know, to a slightly lesser extent, Oregon, you know, they're angry with them, too, for going to the Big Ten. So it, there's a lot of that's a lot of interesting, you know, subplots going on before the before the game even starts. And then when the game starts, like I said, it's I I struggle to think of a game. I know that in retrospect, the Miami, the Michigan, the you know, the Stanford 2016 game, like we're all massive games in UW history. But going in, like this has to be the most hyped game you and I have ever, you know, like been a part of. Yeah, it's going to mean the most. I'm I'm honestly semi grateful for the fact that my daughter has a soccer game that's going to fall. Like, like I'm going to be out of this thing and doing phone updates by the second half. Because I think like what game, games are like twelve thirty, right? Yeah, twelve forty-five kick. Yeah, we got a three o'clock soccer game. We we're showing up at two fifteen, and then I'll be doing that instead because. I do not, you know, the funny thing about Washington being my favorite sports teams of all sports teams, and I'm like somebody who loves to watch sports. So it's like, there's nothing I really like to do with my time more than that. You know, uh, it's, I'd never really enjoy the experience of watching them. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's like, I'm always like yeah. either furious or, uh, bored. <laughs> if that yeah. makes sense. It's like, either, it's like not, you're bored, either we're not blowing them out. Go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, when you're bored, though, you're kind of, like, contentedly bored. Yeah, but, exactly. Like, just sort of pleased. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I mean, the only time – so what what I can say is that, like, I think one of the big points of last year's win against Oregon is that, like, I didn't – you know, I thought, like, you know, Oregon obviously should have won that game last year if not for some pretty wild breaks at the end slash poor coaching decisions by Dan Lanning in his first ever year of being head coach. But I, I think, like – I'm sure I brought it up last year is that like during Oregon's like what, you know, the 12 game streak against Washington and basically since 2000, there had been so like a surprising number of one score games in that streak and one score games in football are supposed to be coin flips. And so in the one sense, it made Washington's win last year very fair because uh, we were like overdue to win one of those games, you know, and so you hope that maybe just the pressure gets to Oregon. I'm interested to see how the fans are in this game because there will be moments during this game where we are not threatening to stop Oregon, you know, where they're doing what they want on offense, right? And yeah. you figure they'll be, it'll, you know, it'll be pretty similar to last year's game in that, like, once the offenses get plugged in, it's going to be basically wild mistakes are going to decide it rather than, like, you know, one of these two teams' defenses getting overly hot. Um, so. I'm interested to see how the crowd does for Washington because I think there's a real chance for it to make a difference. I still think since 2008 and especially since the huge losing streak against Oregon that Washington's uh, home field advantage has never gotten back to what it was uh, uh, around the turn of the millennium all those years ago when we were in school where it was just a, a hostile yeah, place to come play. Um, because I think the fans are always in the back of their mind kind of waiting for something bad to happen, you know? And, like, when things kind of go sideways, like, the, the negative energy kind of becomes palpable. And I'm not sure it's, like, a huge advantage. 
Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, it does. I, I, I will be interested. I think this is going to be a really close game. I think either team could win it. Uh, Washington is three-point favorites, which means neutral field. They're saying it's a straight-up coin flip. Yeah. Um, both teams have the same strengths, which is offense, and the same relative weakness, which is their defense. I don't know that either team has a bad defense per se, but the, you know, if you had to pick one, that's it. Um, so yeah. this has all the makings of a of a like coming down the stretch, which I th- I guess if I'm a Washington fan and I am, I feel good about that because you know we have a better coach. Like I don't think that's a question. Yeah, I, th- uh, I th- that's what kind of gives me uh, a a positive thought is that like if it's if if it is close enough that that matters, our guys better, and it's you know and it's. And, you know, a large part of that to me is that he's he's just done it a hundred times more than the other guy has done it. it it'll be... Well, he's, he's won national championships. He's played in these big games. You know, he's, he's you know, at a lower level, but still, I don't know that that, like, you still worry about it the same. Um, yeah. So... I just think there's, like, there's, like, a way, uh, that, like, I feel like still with Dan Lanning being so new in his coaching career... Um, and especially at a school like Oregon where where or any power five school where you're only really playing so many close games a year if you're a good team. Um, he is like there's just way greater of a chance of Dan Lanning being presented with a novel situation that he hasn't confronted before uh, than DeBoer, you know? Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, so I think like the coaching is an advantage. If it's close enough for that to matter, then you got to like Washington. Like, I'm, I'm of the same uh, position is used. Either team could win this game. Uh, it will be devastating if Washington loses. It will be glorious if Washington wins. Uh, and I'm hoping that that's what happens. Washington wins. I too hope that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm going to run on the the U11 girls soccer field. Yeah. In the middle of the second half, <laughs> like, what is this lunatic doing? <laughs> I do get pretty perped up for these games. <laughs> Just so everybody yeah, knows, you, I have other things I care about in these days. Yeah, yeah, you should. I mean, I yeah, I mean, I I coach U six and I get I get jacked up about that. I guess U seven now, um, but yeah, I could have. I, by the time it's U eleven and they're playing like they're actually playing these games instead of me sort of playing through them by yelling at them where to go and what to do. Um, I can't wait to be a part of that. So check it out. We've played uh, five games. Uh, we we lost. We got slaughtered in one of them to the selects team, the the FC Royals offshoot. Mm-hmm. Check this out. One of the other coaches was uh, there's two Furcrest teams. The coach of the other Furcrest team played the other the other select team. This is like the FC Royals team, and. That I promise you, this is interesting enough for a podcast. I want to get your thoughts on it. That they and they they had such good players, they were better conditioned and they knew how to play soccer better than us. They were like better individually skilled, better team concepts, everything just better, right? So they killed us. Mm-hmm. We won all of our other games handily and got destroyed in one of these games. Um, so we're like sitting second in the table. They keep like records now. Once you get up to okay. that level, which is hilarious, of eleven year olds. Uh, so this other Furcrest coach went to scout the other Washington United team after she lost to the to what we thought was the good one. Turns out, yeah, there's allegations of players double dipping playing for both of those teams. 
What? Oh, I think we might be able to get this whole operation thrown out on a technicality. This is, that's salacious. Yeah. So I'm saying the, uh, the standings might say we're second place, but I think uh, a little light investigation might reveal that one team potentially has forfeited all their games so far. <laughs> I love it, dude. Yeah. I'm uh, and I, and one of the reasons I want to do this is because there's an attorney down here that I know that who coaches his co- uh, son's baseball team, and he got a tournament result last year overturned uh, because they have like uh, pitch counts to like protect kids from throwing too much, and this other yeah. team kept their stud in like too long, and they like track pitches, and he went back afterwards and then like lodged the complaint, and they ended up having to replay the game from the moment the guy threw one too many pitches. <laughs> oh man, I love that. Yeah, I love that. A lot. Yeah, and the, these are children. I want to be these nobody children. cares. Yeah. Like, but, I mean, the, like, is the there kids any don't question? Care. Is there any question in your mind that, would, like, in the area where you and I grew up, where that, none of that should happen? And even if it had happened, they'd be like, "So what? Who yeah, fucking who cares? cares?" And we would have just worn the loss. Like, yeah, well, I mean, that guy was good. He should have come out, but he didn't. He's good. And like, does that even like? How is that different than what like the kids learn now, which is like, well, if you're a huge pain in the ass and you like you, like lose, but you, I mean like who like I don't even know if you could even colorfully argue that it's that's like a better result than like the the where we where we're like this you know the rules we grew up in, which were like yeah you lost deal with it. <laughs> like, no, yeah, like when we when we got killed, one it's miserable, N- nothing worse than <laughs> watching your kids team just get slaughtered absolutely nothing worse you just want to like get a wig on and go out there and set things right you know yeah but like but uh but then like when you're done and you can take a breath you can be like that's kind of awesome it's good to know that there are people way better than you it's good to see like things that we're trying to do done at a better level what a great learning experience you know it's yeah, like yeah, it's, yeah. losing is part of this you want like it frankly it'd be worse if you just won every game by 15 goals all the time you know because, like, yeah. you never get the opportunity to, like, you know, winning after having that feeling is a lot sweeter. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, back, yeah. like in our day, like, when we when we played, like, even if that had happened, they would have been like, yeah, they cheated. So what? They still won. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I just, I feel like in, in my youth sports leagues, they would have just been like, so what? And, like, and like maybe that's just okay, too, right? Where, like, you learn at an early age, like, sometimes life's not entirely fair. Yeah. You know, like. So we're not going to go back and recreate this game from, you know, from that moment in time. Like, who cares? Like, just it's a game. You played it. Like, let's go. Let's let's go forward from here. You know? Yeah. Um. So I'm ex- that said, I'm <laughs> thinking about uh, rerouting uh, one of my professional investigators that I work with <laughs> to be like, now, I know I asked you to interview these people in connection with such and such shooting. What I want you to do is. Call an audible. Yeah. <laughs> I want you to head on over to this park on the weekend <laughs> and bring your camera. <laughs> We've got two kickoffs for you. I want you to, you know, just to see if we see any similar players playing for either team. Here's a drone that I spent $1,500 on that yeah. can yeah. stay airborne and out of sight uh, for up to six hours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so that that's a a little thrilling home life stuff. Wow. There you go. Well, good luck on that. I hope it goes well. I'm, I'm going to be in the stadium 
not enjoying myself, as you've pointed out. 100% correct. I'm well, not if we win, though, I mean, we I yeah. the last, uh, the second year, the 2017, when we beat after the 70-point game, the next one at home, you graciously uh, hooked me up with a ticket for that one, and I got to watch that with your dad, and that was a great time. And, yeah. I mean, but that was like, also, we were just killing them. <laughs> that was boring. That was like boring contentedness, right? Because we were just winning by a lot. I don't yeah, feel like we were winning. We won that game like handily, and that, and and still, I was like, you know, we should be winning by more. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Anything else? Nope. All right. Bed. That does it for this week's episode. Of Eligible receivers uh, for Eric and Warren. Thanks for listening, everybody. We will see you next week.